What's up, everybody, and welcome back in to another episode of the Up Tempo Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and tonight we're joined by D Lane, one of our co-hosts, and we are going to break down the 181 Auburn victory over the Alabama Crimson Tide last night. D Lane, what's up, man? How's it going, man? Not much, brother. Just uh, just hanging in there. Had a had a long day of work, and and now uh, trying to trying to fight off this little itchy throat, man. Man, uh, you know, I got you on here because, uh, you know, we saw what happened last night with the Auburn Tigers taking down the Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, little Bruce Pearl, you know, the crane kick, and uh, getting the broom out and, and, and sweeping the tide back to Tuscaloosa, man. Uh, Auburn improves to 21-1. and one. Alabama falls to 14-8. and eight. Man, just give me a, just give me a quick little rundown of, of kind of what you saw, and then we'll dig in a little deeper. Uh, on the stats, and and, and uh, I'll give my opinion on what I saw. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> but the you know to start it off, I mean, the first thing was Auburn. They Walker Kessler didn't get in foul trouble this go around like he did um, in the first meeting, and that was to me that was a very big key point in um, in the game was him being able to you know guard the paint you know for. For, he played 28 minutes, you know, so be, to be able to guard the paint for 28 out of the 40 minutes, it kind of, I mean, you, you saw it in Alabama every time they tried to drive, I mean, he was there contesting, and mm. it's just, he's such a big part, you know, in the, in the paint, he makes teams that don't have that big body, you know, like Alabama mm. doesn't have that, mm. the big body to go in the paint and just bang, you know, for, you know, for 28 minutes that he's in the game, and that was to me, that was a, a very key part was him staying out of foul trouble, and um, but and but then it's like, you know, it's like I think I think I saw a stat that in the paint Auburn won, Auburn outscored them. I think it was like forty six to eighteen in the paint, and that's just I mean, not many teams are going to be able to win a game only scoring eighteen points in the paint. Mm. And that's just so. I think I think. Uh, Kessler staying out of foul trouble and, you know, being able to play majority of the game definitely was a huge, huge part in the uh, in the victory. And, uh, <clears throat> but then it's like, it's like you look at Alabama's side and I, it's like, I think Alabama's a good team. It's just, it's hard for two people to do it all. And Jake Good point. And, uh, and Shackerford. Good point. I mean, it's, I mean, you, you got two of your starters, Shaq for, you know, 26, Jake Hugh at 20, and then your other three that started the game combined for 15 points. Mm. I mean, that's, that's that's unacceptable. I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to win you many games. Um, it's not going to get you deep uh, in the tournament. So, it's – but <clears throat> D-Lane, um, one thing I, I ain't trying to cut you off, but um, one thing I, I want to ask you, man, look, every, everybody is talking about, you know, I, I talked about it on a, on the previous episode when I said Alabama uh, in the big 12 SEC challenge that they were a problem. If JD Davison shows up like he did against Baylor, but he didn't show up last night. And I mean, what what what's the deal, man? I mean, like it's it's one big game. He shows up, and in the next game, uh, they filed a missing person report in Auburn, Alabama, for JD Davison because he was nowhere to be found. Uh, what do you what do you think about yeah. that? Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like he's a he's a very wishy washy player. Like that 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 is the thing. Like you know, when you hear some of these some of these sports, uh, like you know the people that cover college basketball, like when they're like, oh, you know, you know Alabama's a team that you don't want to see in the tournament, and it's like, yeah, I I somewhat agree with that, but then again, I I don't agree with it because mm-hmm. it, to me, it all depends on which JD Davis you get. Mm-hmm. If you get the J.D. Davidson that gave you 15 points against Baylor, then yeah, okay, yeah, I I probably wouldn't want to see Alabama come mar- or uh, come tournament time. Mm-hmm. But just the way that you know uh, Jasper guarded him, the way that Katie Johnson guarded him, Wendell Green, I mean, they just all suffocated him. And I mean, you you could tell that the jungle. You know, the quote-unquote, the, the small arena that wasn't Ooh. a hostile environment, NATO Ooh. said. Um, I mean, you could tell that it just, it, I mean, it just, it, it looked like he didn't know what was going on. I mean, it, but and, if, and, if, if he does show up, then Alabama can be a, a good team and, you know, possibly make it to the, maybe Elite Eight or, you know, Sweet 16, you know, who knows, but. And, you know, I, I was, I was. I was looking at it and and I see it as like a lack of confidence sometimes. You know, I saw, I saw him out there on the wing at, at 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 the three-point line last night and I mean, he just shot an absolute laser beam at the rim. I, I mean, I thought it was going to break the rim. I mean, but you see him against Baylor and he's got touch, man. Uh, you just watch the rotation on the ball, watch it coming out of his hands and it looks so smooth, but then last night it was just like, hey, the Monstars come down to planet Earth and took J.D. Davidson's talents smooth away from him because I don't I, I don't know man it, it's it's really weird because when he is on his game uh, Keon Ellis I mean just when those guys are elevating their games and playing at a high level Alabama can beat anybody in the country but last night man it was a two man show and and that can't happen in my opinion uh, but. One thing I want to ask you, man. I want to talk. I want to talk about Wendell Green and Zepp Jasper, and and these two guys, Zepp Jasper starting, of course, and Wendell Green coming off the bench. How does that work so smoothly, in in your opinion, man? I mean, it, look, to me, it gives you <clears throat> with with Zepp, you know, with with him starting. To me, it gives you. You start off the game, you know, with really good defense. I mean, you know, just, you know, play play really good defense. And then you got, I mean, you got, you know, Alabama bringing J.D. Davidson in. Okay, well, now you got J.D. Davidson that's got to guard Wendell Green, you know, when he comes mm-hmm. off the bench. So it's like for any bench that's out there in America, like for one of your bench players to come in and guards pretty much a starter, I mean, he could probably start on, you know, a, a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's – it's definitely tough um, for any anybody, but um, that, that's that's the whole thing. And I think uh, with Jasper starting, I think it adds a start off the game with you know some good defense. Um, you know, I mean, both teams struggled you know early the first probably four minutes of the free throw game, and uh, and that's the that's the thing. And then, but you know, when it comes to, like the defense, you're like, oh dang, okay, well now we got this Jasper guy out. But then when the green plays good defense and he'll give you twenty three off the bench. So mm-hmm. it's like I mean you got a bench player that's maybe twenty. I mean you shouldn't you definitely shouldn't lose many games. 
And so, man, I, I, I think it works like that. I tell you, I like watching both of them on the court at the same time because, uh, I mean, Zepp Jasper is absolutely terrific with his on-ball defense. He is suffocating. He's going to force a couple turnovers a night. And and then, I mean, some nights he goes off and he'll give you 10, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, you look at Wendell Green, man, uh, the, the pick and roll with, with Walker Kessler, they are locked in. They are locked in. And, and, I mean, has anybody stopped it yet? I mean, I think Missouri was the closest thing to stopping it. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're just a dynamic duo. And, and I want to I move it to Walker Kessler, man. What do you think about his game? And I see finally he's starting to get first-round love in the NBA draft. Could he possibly go pro? What I mean, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he could, he could definitely go pro because I mean, the, the NBA game. I mean, it's obviously changed. I mean, you're all, all five, you know, positions on the court have to shoot threes, and he's, you know, it's like Oklahoma, like big dude down low was like, oh, you know, whatever, let him shoot. He's seven one. Uh, hello, Bozo. All right, <laughs> he was what three for three for five that mm-hmm. game from three point. So obviously, he can't shoot. You know, maybe work on the three game a little bit more. But I mean, he's a terrific, terrific shot blocker. Um, you know, his his paint presence—it's just—it's felt. You know, every game is just—it's every you know offense that goes up against him is you're like, oh no, like you know, there's seven one Walker Kessler in the paint. Like I either gotta have a difficult shot or kind of just throw it up and hope it you know banks off. And but, you know, like, some of the shots that he was <laughs> that he was blocking, man. Shackelford made a little move into the paint. And he gave a little ball fake and went up. And, I mean, it looked like he had a wide-open little 12-foot jumper. And Walker Kessler took one step out of the paint and just swatted it. And I was like, man, that's NBA stuff. That is that is freaky good. Uh, and, man, I've said it a million times. I think Auburn just – they can beat you in so many different ways. Last night, man, four of their five starters uh, had double digits. And then you had Wendell Green with 23 off the bench, like you mentioned. Uh, Devin Cambridge coming in, playing elite defense, uh, offensive rebounding. Where this Devin Cambridge come from, man? I mean, an absolute spark plug. And it's just, it's just they can beat you in so many different ways. It's a crazy – KD Johnson, man. I mean, that dude's a psychopath, an absolute psychopath. But we absolutely love him, right? And – you know, now going down and looking at this roster and, you know, the first half Auburn took control last night. Uh, they, I think they opened it up to a 14-point lead at half. And every time Alabama would make a little push, make a little run, Auburn would just open it back up in the, in the first half. And it went into half 14. It was 51 to 37. And then right there at the beginning of the second half, man, Auburn couldn't get a bucket. It was sloppy. Coming out in the second half, and, and Auburn just – I mean, um, excuse me, Alabama was just hitting shots. I mean, I think Shackelford caught fire right there. Um, yeah. What did you see in the second half in the game last night that that uh, propelled Auburn to the to the big victory? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, start, starting off at the start of the second half, okay, it was, you know, both on Quinterly, I think Quinterly, I think he scored the first 12 points for Alabama mm. um, at the at the start of the uh, second half. So he was definitely on a mission. And then, you know, then Shackelford, I mean, he had two huge threes that cut it within two. 
And it, but that's that's the whole thing is that's the only problem I have like with with Shackerford is he you could tell like he was trying to force a heat check mm-hmm. and it was like man like you're only you know you're only down two like you know drive to the you know drive to the rim you know mm-hmm. maybe you get a foul on Kessler you know don't don't force a like very contested three yeah even though you can't hit it like it's still not a smart shot so like don't. You know, don't don't force anything, especially in the like that was a huge. If you tie the game, or maybe if you do hit that three, who knows what happens because you quiet the jungle, and then you know what hap- You know what happens, but I think <clears throat> the second half Auburn definitely come out sloppy, and it was kind of like you know kind of like Jabari. He put that leadership on the like, hey, look, like you know, let's calm down, let's settle in, play our play our game, and you know it was kind of the. Eventually, they settled down like they did in the first half, and, you know, Walker Kessler blocking shots, you know, Jabari, KD kind of just took over, and it's, I mean, it was a, a very dominant second half as well as the first half for Auburn. Man, when when KD starts dribbling through his legs, I mean, <laughs> you know he's about to hit a step back three, <laughs> and it is going to light that place on fire. Uh, I mean, he's electric. I thought Alan Flanagan, man, hey, look, the previous two games, Alan Flanagan looked rough. He had two bad games. What did you think about his performance last night, especially in the second half? Yeah, I mean, I well, I, you know, I, I love Alan Flanagan. He's a, you know, he's a, he's an Auburn guy, loves Auburn, and he's a, to me, he's a, he's a great, he's a great on-ball defender. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the best defenders we have, and that's why him in this starting lineup with Jasper, you know, Jasper takes out the point guard. Flanagan takes out the, you know, small forward. So it's like just just great defense. And then, you know, he is a guy that can give you 10 points. And um, so, but his his presence on the floor, I mean, he's he's really kind of like another point guard out there because he, that pick and roll, same as, you know, with mm-hmm. Wendell Green, like him, Kessler and Flanagan on the pick and roll. I mean, it's. Very, very hard to stop because Flanagan, you know, it, yeah, he can lob it, and or you know he can, you know, fake it, go for an easy two. So he's very, very hard to guard, and uh, on that pick and roll, and he's he's definitely. I'm glad that uh, glad we got him back for this year and uh, recovering from that uh, Achilles. And you know, like I said, the previous two games. He just looked out of sorts, man. He just looked like he was playing some bad basketball. He was out of control. Um, you know, maybe, maybe I don't know, his legs might not have been under him fully. But, I mean, last night he looked back to 100%. And it looked like the game started coming to him a little bit easier. It looked like he was starting to really sink in and get his feet wet. And, man, if, if Flanagan gives you 10, I just – I just don't know how – I don't know how you beat Auburn. I really don't, man. I mean, looking at what Kentucky did to Kansas and Alabama did to Baylor, and I know everybody matches up differently, but, I mean, yeah. I think Auburn and Kentucky are the two best teams in the country, and it's not close. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, if they if they end up on, you know, opposite sides of the bracket, I mean, don't be surprised if we have, you know – an SEC national championship. Wow. And, you know, yeah. even if they make it, you know, on the same side of the bracket, I mean, 
you know, once you don't be surprised if Auburn and Kentucky are in the final four. Yeah, you Joe. you know they're not going to put us yeah. on opposite sides. They're going to yeah. make us. They're going to make us play in the final four. Yeah. Or yeah, I mean, they're not <laughs> because they don't want to see an SEC championship. Um, no, especially not. In, yeah, you yeah, don't want to see it. You don't want to see it in football, and then you don't. You definitely don't want to see it in basketball because you're probably going to see it in baseball again. I mean, so yeah. and you know Auburn last night they they just stretched it out. Uh, once Alabama made that little run, Auburn just started hitting shots and never really looked back. And you know they closed it out. They put the walk ins on uh, and. I mean, what for the for the final what minute forty five seconds? Yeah, like yeah, like fifty. Yeah, no, yeah, it was like final like minute and twenty or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, and and the walk ins come in getting buckets. I mean, yeah, love that. It's just up and down, man. I mean, they're just, they're just so good. I I just I'm ready to buy my tickets to New Orleans. They're that good. Um, and now and now they got Georgia Saturday. I, I think it's a a noon tip off. I think I believe. Uh, they're at Georgia. Should be a win. Hopefully not a trap game. I think they have Arkansas next Tuesday. They don't need to get caught looking ahead. Arkansas is playing really well. Um, and, man, I just want to talk a little bit about the SEC and basketball. How many teams could we get in? Because I see you got you got Florida on the bubble. You got Arkansas right there. You got Mississippi State right there. Uh, we got Alabama, Kentucky, Auburn, uh, I mean, we could keep talking, man. I mean, how many teams do you think they get in? Uh, about to say, yeah, I think, I think for sure, obviously, Auburn and Kentucky are both blocks. Um, the way, you know, I, I don't know if you heard it last night, but the, the student section was chanting NIT. Mm. Um, yeah, but, you know, the way Jay Billis was talking, you know, Alabama's wins over Gonzaga, Houston, and Baylor, you know, their quad wins. Like, that's going to put them in the tournament. So, I think Auburn, Kentucky, Alabama are a lock. Um, I think Tennessee's a lock for the tournament. Mm-hmm. And um, I say, even, you know, I feel like Arkansas, you can go ahead and lock them in. Mm. So, it's, yeah. And uh, the only teams, if I say, I, the way it's looking for LSU, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think LSU gets in. So, I think there's probably a good. Oh, you don't think probably, LSU gets in? Yeah, I mean they've fallen. They've hit. They've hit a rock in a hard place right yeah. now. They have so many injuries. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's the thing. Like they, I, you know, I talked to one of my one of my LSU buddies, and you know, I was asking you there, like, hey, like, man, you know, what's going on? Like, you know, I thought LSU was supposed to be this this dark horse, you know, this Final Four dark horse, and you know, they they are missing their two best players, uh, two of their best players, and it's like, okay, well, you know, we're missing those two. I just don't. They just haven't impressed me to make the tournament. And so it's I, – but I think there's about probably six teams, six or seven that I would say that probably probably get in from the SEC. Mm. But – I like that. I like that number. That's what I would say. I think, you know, like you said, Auburn, Kentucky, Tennessee, Bama, Florida is fighting for their life. Did they win today? I, I, I think they, they – yeah, they- 665. Wow, that is huge. Yeah. They're clinging on to life. Uh, that is huge because if they lost that game, Florida was done. They were toast. They were out. Yeah. Uh, that keeps them alive right there, D-Lane. That keeps them alive, man. I, it, 
Arkansas – if Arkansas comes out and they beat Auburn at home Tuesday night, put Arkansas in the tournament, in my opinion. Mississippi State is fighting for their life. They need to pick up a big win. I think Texas A&M is out. I think LSU is yeah. – like, I think LSU is trending towards that bubble line with all these losses. You know, some people disagree with that. Some people – I've heard some people say LSU is in the tournament. But, man, the way they've been playing lately – I think they're trending towards the bubble line, and they need a quality win, man. They lost to TCU in the Big 12 Challenge. That's brutal. That's brutal. Uh, but man, I, I really like this. Uh, I really like this little coverage of the SEC basketball breaking down the Auburn Bama game the other night. Um, my, you know, my final thought with with the whole Bama team is, you know, we love Auburn, but man, they are just missing that Herb Jones and John Petty style of defense. They're missing the big man uh, down low. The Betty Ako, man, I just – I don't know. It's a, it's a puzzle piece, dude, because one night they play lights out. They're the most wishy-washy team in the NCAA. Um, oh, yeah. And, but when they have it clicking, they're elite. But Auburn with a huge win, 21-1, and one, uh, surreal season, just, I mean, incredible. Number one team in the country. And uh, it's just – it's amazing to me uh, just what Bruce Pearl has continued to do and build there. I mean, what, give me your thoughts on on Bruce Pearl and, and the whole – you know, I talked about it previous with, with the lifetime contract. I want to hear your story of it, your side. Man, it's, you know, it's, just like, it's, it's crazy that, you know, what he has built, you know, since he has been there. I mean, I – I saw a clip on Twitter of, you know, when his the first his first season, I mean, he was having to walk into classrooms and pretty much beg students to come to a game. Hmm. And, you know, just in, you know, the six, seven years he's been there, now you gotta take out a small loan to get to the jungle. That's a fact. So I mean it's it's crazy that this that this dude has took a you know, a, a football school and, uh, you know, in some people's eyes, and he has <laughs> turned it into a legit, you know, I go ahead and call it, he's turned it into a legit blue blood. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he has put Auburn at one of the, you know, one of the top programs in the country, and it's it's just amazing what this, you know, what Bruce Paul has done. And I'm, it, it, it really surprised me, you know, with all these Louisville talks, and that's what – I think that was kind of just people not wanting to see Auburn at the top. One hundred percent. They kind of tried to throw a distraction in there, and was like, "Hey, you know, let's try to get the the locker room, you know, rumbled up or whatever." And the the fact that Auburn, you know, and shout out to Auburn for being so quick and offering him, you know, a contract extension and a lifetime contract on that, mm. and that's just, but it's it's just. So it's do, really at a loss for words for what he has done for Auburn. So do you think he can keep up the sustained success? Do you think he can keep recruiting at the high level at Auburn that he is going into Atlanta, Georgia, and picking out the Isaac Okoros, the Sharif Coopers, the Jabari Smiths? Do you think he can uh, keep that up? Yeah, easily. I mean, he's – yeah, I mean, it's yeah, – I, I think he can walk in there. Because, I mean, like, okay, besides the – you know, besides that national champion, besides that national championship at Auburn, I mean, like, you know, what is what does Calipari have to argue? You know that Bruce 
can. You know, mm-hmm. like Cal Perry has, has had all the talent at Kentucky to win four, nat- four or five national titles, and he's choked every year. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know what? What can, you know, compete? If it comes down to Auburn and Kentucky, you know, as a recruiter, you know, like what can Cal Perry, you know, put above Bruce to actually get that guy to come to Kentucky over Auburn? And like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Kentucky. But, you know, Bruce, you know, he turns – I mean, just, just like just like Wendell Green. Wendell, uh, Wendell Green, he's a three-star. And now mm-hmm. he's out there playing, you know, playing like a five, like he should have been a five-star. So it's like, I think Bruce maybe, you know, can develop his players maybe a little better. I don't, I don't know. But I think he can go into, you know, Atlanta and go get the big recruits, you know. But, well, uh, I guess we'll have to see in due time. You know, the thing – I'm with you on the whole Bruce thing. I don't think there was ever a doubt that he was leaving. I know we weren't worried about it when we talked. Um, I just, like you said, I, I'm I'm amazed how fast Auburn jumped on it. They got a deal worked out, uh, signed him up for life, eight years extension. He'll be seventy, uh, and and once he calls it quits, man, I, I think Steven, his son, slides right in there, and I think the Pearl family is going to be, uh, I think the Pearl family is going to be around Auburn for a long, long time. What do you, what do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I mean, I, I hope they, I hope they never leave. I mean, even mm-hmm. you know, seeing <laughs> even his uh, his daughter, you know, on Twitter just talking about how much she loves Auburn, mm-hmm. and you know, the the Pearl family, you know, they they love Auburn. It's home. I mean, it's. I, I don't I don't think they'll ever leave. I really don't. And uh, even if they, you know, maybe even if they, you know, what's he done? Even if um, his son doesn't take over, you know, I mean, I still think they'll be there to support. Maybe, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they'll ever leave Auburn. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm really uh, really excited for the future with Bruce, and uh, it's going to be some fun some fun basketball years um, in the making with him as our uh, with him as our head coach. No doubt, and I think this is Auburn's time to strike. You got North Carolina, who's down. Louisville, who's down. Duke is—they're really good, but they're not the Duke of the past. Like nobody's really scared to play Duke anymore. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I no, get that they, feeling with it. Yeah, yeah. Like I—I I got the feeling where if you go up against Duke, man, it's like, oh, it's just Duke. You know, it's not the Duke of the past where we were like, man, you know, damn, we got to play Duke. We're probably going to lose. And then, you know, you look out there at the Big 12. I mean, who do you you got out there? I mean, Texas Tech looks like their best team right now. Kansas just got destroyed by Kentucky. I mean, Kansas is down. I, I think this is Auburn's time to rise up. And and possibly win a national championship, man. And and I think that that right now they are well on their way. Uh, and and I just hope no funky business happens in March. We we uh, stay locked in and 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 get ready to roll uh, when that bracket comes out, man. So, uh, look, hey, first great half uh, of the episode. I absolutely love talking about the uh, Alabama Auburn game. Uh, talking a little bit about the SEC basketball landscape, how deep it is, how many teams we're going to get in. We went on to Bruce Pearl. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Right now, what we're going to do, we're going to take a little break. I'm going to do an ad run, and then we're going to bounce back on here. 
and we are going to talk a little college football. And I went to a show last night that included Harson and Saban. Two other coaches uh, were there, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. And then I want to get your thoughts on John Harbaugh reportedly staying at Michigan. All right. Uh, what do you think next year brings for Michigan? Uh, and then I want to talk a little bit about the problems at Auburn that are going on. Uh, we had another uh, transfer portal move today, and just everything that's flying around the program, I want to get your thoughts on that. And that's uh, that's where we're going to go in the second half of the show, man. So uh, just hang tight, and we'll be right back. Welcome back in, everybody. We are here for part two of the show with D Lane talking a little college football. And my apologies, D Lane pointed it out. I said John Harbaugh, and and that is on me. I meant Jim Harbaugh is staying at Michigan. Uh, just just got on a roll talking a little bit, and, and uh, got ahead of myself. And and D Lane pointed it out, so I just wanted to correct that right there. Um, John Harbaugh is staying with the Ravens. Okay, so. Uh, don't want to get in, don't want to get anybody twisted up there. Uh, he is staying with the Ravens. He is not going to Michigan with his brother Jim. Uh, but D Lane, man, I, I want to kick it to you real quick. What what do you think about Jim Harbaugh staying uh, at Michigan, man? Like what 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 is up with that? Yeah, I mean, I, for to me, I think it's a smart move um, for Jim. I mean. I guess it's kind of the way I look at it is why would you leave why would you leave Michigan when they you know I mean they you just made the playoff um and I mean they they love you I mean even though you've lost to you know Ohio State what nine out of the last ten years they've still gave you contract extensions mm. so why would why would you leave and you know my eyes why would you leave Michigan to go to a place like you know, if you were to lead to the NFL, okay, so you got, what, the Jaguars job, the Texans, mm-hmm. and the Dolphins. So, and, and the Vikings. Okay, out of those, yeah. and, and the Vikings. He, he interviewed with the Vikings on signing day today and apparently didn't get the oh, job. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, so, okay, out of those four teams, there's one I think could be a good team. I think the Dolphins, I think they could be good. Mm-hmm. Um. You know the Vikings, they're they're you know middle of the pack. I mean they're what they're going to be probably seven and nine, yeah, or seven and ten with the new format. And then the other two are complete dumpster fires. So it's like, why would you, you know, why would you leave a place that loves you and you know they they worship the ground you walk on pretty much. You just made the playoffs, so it's like I really don't understand the the I guess the aspect of. Him, I mean, I guess maybe wanting to try an NFL job, but it's like, why would you? I mean, look at Urban Meyer. I mean, he tried the NFL and he what made it ten games. So it's like, why, why leave a place that worships the ground you walk on? And that, I just, I, I, I really, and then, and then, to me, that's kind of disrespectful towards Michigan that you did it on National Signing Day when mm. you're trying to, you're trying to bring in players to make it back to the playoffs. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of would like to know, like, how, you know, maybe Michigan looked at, you know, how they kind of took that as him interviewing on National Signing Day. But and I really just I, – I really just – I just don't think it's a smart move for him to 
for him to have left Michigan and went to the NFL. And, you know, that was my thing, man, is like just the awkward timing of it all. Like you're going on National Signing Day to interview for an NFL job, and then all of a sudden you're coming back, news breaks that you're coming back to Michigan. And we're sitting here and we're like, what in the hell is going on, man? Like that it was just so awkward and weird. But I think he was trying to get out of Michigan, and here's why. Here's my here's my case for this. I think he was trying to move on because he was like, hey, I don't think I'm ever going to win at Michigan, okay? This was his closest year to winning. Uh, he finally beat Ohio State. But I can tell you next year he is going to get absolutely boat raced, okay? Oh, yeah. Ohio State might hang 50 on Michigan next year, all right? And I think he looked at it and said, mm, we got to play them at Ohio State, and C.J. Stroud is going to hang 50 on us. I need to get out now, all right? While they still love me at Michigan, and they they somewhat think I'm doing a good job here, all right? I need to get out because next year it ain't looking good, all right? So I want to go out on top where – I beat Ohio State. The program's better than it was when I got it. And, bang, they, they they still love me. It's my alma mater. They still love me. But I'm gone. Off into the sunset we go. Find somebody else. Mm-hmm. But he's back. And, in my opinion, man, I mean, if you're a player, I mean, I don't know. What's the locker room like? I mean, hey, dude, you just wanted to bounce on us on National Signing Day, and now you're back and you're acting like nothing ever happened. Kind of kind of weird to me, you know. I mean, mm. but him staying, man, I, I still like Ohio State uh, in the Big Ten next year. I just – it was all super awkward to me. The whole the whole story was awkward. Former players coming out and saying what was his legacy at Michigan, just so awkward. And and then he stays. Josh Pate reported that he stays. I'm like, oh goodness, like just weird, weird as can be. Um, but man, now you know, moving on. I want to talk a little bit about Auburn, and and I know we've been texting about it, and. I'm kind of on the fence, man, of how I feel, and I know you're not on the fence. You're you're sticking with your guy. Uh, tell me a little bit of, about why you're sticking with Harson, and and where do you think things are headed with all this turmoil and chaos that's been going on? Uh, well, I mean, I, I must say, I, to me, with any with any coach, um, I must say, I like to give them, you know, three to four years, and like. Yeah, I, I get it. Like, what's going on, you know, having five, having five, you know, coordinators, you know, five coaches leave you. Um, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, it makes, it does look bad on the program. But let's be honest, Derek, uh, Derek Mason, trash. Um, should have been canned. Probably shouldn't even have made it through the season, in my opinion. Mm. Um, Mike Bobo, trash. Um, he should have been fired after the Penn State game. Mm. Um, after he threw a fourth and goal fade from the two-yard line and he had take victory. Mm. Um, and then, you, you know, the Austin, the Austin Davis situation is, uh, I, I don't I don't know, like, 
you know, to see the rumors of, you know, stepped away from personal, you know, personal reasons. Um, and, you know, you hear, I, I don't know if you've heard it, but I heard uh, a rumor that was going around that when he got to Auburn, he didn't like, he didn't like the portal. Um, and he didn't like the, the recruiting aspect. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, so in my eyes, get him out too. You know, if, if, if that's the real reason. Now, if he really did step away for, for you know, health or mental reasons or, you know, family issues or, you know, whatever the reason was that, hey, you know, take care of what you got to take care of. But the, the whole thing of just, you know, the Auburn fans, man, just getting on, getting on Twitter and saying, oh, you know, Brian Harson ain't the guy, you know, he's, he, he's lost this many coaches, you know, 18 players have hit the portal, you know. I think we have to realize that he walked in to, in my eyes, not a good situation. It's like, okay, well, yeah, we were, we were going 8-4 and four and 9-3 and under Gus. But in my eyes, that's, that, that's not good. I mean, I don't want to go – I mean, I don't want to settle for 8-4. You know, I mean, that's that's a loser mentality. Mm-hmm. So, and especially when you've had the teams that, you know, that Gus did have like 17. Um, mm-hmm. Auburn should have, you know, should have made the playoffs. You know, no doubt. Against Georgia. Um, so, I, I just, I, I don't like getting on, you know, these social media pages and seeing these Auburn fans, these so-called Auburn fans just bashing horses. It's like, man, Rome wasn't built in a day. And like I get, I get where the argument is coming from. That yeah, the eighteen portals and the five coaches, it looks bad. But to me, like these are maybe have we ever thought that these young men, like that these young men, don't like the way that you know that maybe Harson has a you know a, a winner mentality, or, you know, or a go getter mentality. He wants you to you know come come in there and give one hundred ten percent, and these. You know, players that are transferred, they might have that that Gus mentality. You know, the the lollygag. You know, oh, you know, I, I can be late to practice. You know, maybe Harson don't put up with that, and maybe these kids he don't doesn't. want to follow something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, so why not? I, the, it's just it, it, it's it's hard to wrap my mind around that like these so called Auburn fans are after the first <laughs> year. It seems like they're calling for his head, and it's like. Do you not realize the situation that this dude walked into? I mean, he in his first year he had to replace a whole, you know, the whole coaching staff, and it's just it's crazy that some of the people aren't even giving him a chance to, you know, make it better. And it's it's just mind blowing that to me that these, you know, Auburn fans are just bashing the guy so quickly, and I, I just I just don't get it from a. From Auburn fans, you and, know, I, don't, I don't get it. And here's my thing, man: is like, I, all right, I wasn't happy with Gus. Everybody knows that. Like you said, stalling out at eight and four, nine and three, beating Alabama once every three years, like in the most dramatic fashion ever. You know that all that that shit was cool, okay, but. I'm not for eight and four and nine and three. I wanted a hard ass to come in and I wanted a guy to change culture and stop being a player's coach and run a Saban mentality driven program. 
And I think that's honestly what Harson's trying to do. And I think he's portraying a, a, a message to these kids. And I don't think some of them are responding to it. I could be wrong, but I think they're like, yeah, man, this ain't what I come here for. I'm out. All right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to this players coach over here at Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, where he's, you know, um, riding around in the chargers and, and, and listening to young Dolph and, and, you know, doing whatever, man, taking the pictures on, on Twitter, throwing up the deuces and, you know, Whatever he likes to do, I think I think they're trending more towards that direction. And Harson's trying to bring in guys that he wants to trend in his direction. And I think it's getting called up in the media where they're looking at it and they're like, man, this is an absolute dumpster fire. All right, like all these kids are leaving, but nobody's coming in. All right, well, we have to chill out on the transfer portal right now because it's only February. I keep telling people that. I told them last month, hey, it's only January Chill out. Spring ball happens. It'll spike back up again. Don't worry, okay? All these kids are going to go into spring ball, and they're going to be like, oh, well, I'm not playing, so I'm going to transfer. All right? It's going to spike back up again. Go get players out of the portal, all right? And then let's recruit this 2023 class and give him a chance. Give him a chance. I know I'm on the fence with it right now, man, because I'm looking and I'm like, man, five coordinators – in a year, like I think Gus only had seven coordinators in eight years or something like that. I mean, man, I want I want to give him a chance. All these people are calling for his job, and I'm just like, hey, look, like, chill out. He's only coached what thirteen games. Like, let's calm down. Yeah, let's calm down. All right, uh, Auburn. If you really look at like, here's my thing with it, man. And I know I hate the if factor. I hate if it's the biggest word in the dictionary. Um, but if Bo Nix doesn't get hurt, Auburn doesn't go six and six. Yeah. They don't go six and six. And they they play in a better bowl than the Birmingham Bowl. And things are probably looking a little better. All right. But like you said, losing Derek Mason, I don't care. Get gone. When you blew a 28-3 lead and you never made not one adjustment, I was done with you. I was done with you. You should have been fired right then and there. But, you know, I, I think we, we, we got to calm down and we got to slow down and we have to take a deep breath, man. And we got to give Harson time. You got to give dude time. Man, there was Texas fans calling for Sark's head uh, after they lost to Kansas. And and now look at him. He's got a what the fifth ranked recruiting class, sixth rank, whatever it is. He got the he got the number uh, recent, you know, last year. So he got the number one quarterback in the you know in the nation transferred to him. You know, Quinn Ewers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I didn't even think of that. Give, yeah, I mean, you got to give you know a person time. I mean, this this uh, my thing. You know, give them three to four years. You know, if yeah, you know, like. I mean, the way it's looking, you know, next year doesn't look like it's going to be, you know, very many good Saturdays the way it's looking. But, you know, I mean, who knows? What if, you know, what if for some reason in spring ball, you know, all the players buy in, you know, all the players buy into Arson, like you said, some other players don't, you know, get the starting job and they transfer in 
you know, like what if, you know, what if, you know, like you said, the if, the what if, you know, these players do buy in and they trust Harson. Bro, you know, what did the Auburn. what did the 2010 season look like going into 2010? It didn't look like no national yeah. championship team. <laughs> We we had we had no idea. I mean, we saw highlights of Cam and junior college, but what come out of our mouth? Oh, that's junior college. Like, there's no way he's going to do that in in you know the SEC. And then I mean, we had a gift from from heaven, you know, ascend down, and he's got a statue outside now with a national championship and a Heisman Trophy. So I mean, what if Zach Calzada comes in and he's the guy for Auburn? or even Robbie Ashford or D Davis, you know, I'm not going to say TJ Finley cause I'm not going that route. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't even want to, I don't even want to go there. All right. Yeah. Um, I, mean, like, I, I know we don't want to go there. If it's TJ Finley, you know, I, I probably won't watch a single game. <laughs> um, and for being honest, I mean, I'll, I'll probably fill out a bandwagon for him for Ohio State that year. Um, and I'll probably rock with the Buckeyes. But there's, there's no shot, no shot that TJ Finley steps on Auburn. He, there's no way he steps on Jordan Harris Field and takes a single snap next year. There's no way. Yeah, unless we're up eighty, or three people, or three people break their leg. Yeah, um, or you know, or something like that. You know, but there's. Yeah, but yeah, there, there's no way T.J. Finley steps on the field next year. Um, but yeah, it's it's just I, I think we all need to, you know, woo saw. I think we all need to woo saw. You know, <laughs> let let Harson work. You know, let him let him give him time. Two, you know, three or four years. I mean, just and then if you know that if that third year or fourth year isn't you know. Is it where you know Auburn should be? Then you know, poof, be gone. On to the next one. I mean, mm-hmm. it's but it's just it, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, I've between the past from Austin Davis leaving to I guess today, I have absolutely even with Auburn winning last night in the game, I have absolutely hated Twitter mm-hmm. just because it's the so called fans that are just just bashing Auburn and you just you can't sit here and tell me that you're a fan and you know and you, you then you're gonna go you know on Twitter you know he sees it because you know he has a Twitter mm-hmm. and it's like I just I, I don't get it from you know these so-called Auburn fans I don't but well I, I think it needs to stop very quick. And that's just that, that, that's my point. So last night I went to the Senior Bowl Summit, and they had Sarkeesian, Franklin from Penn State, Harson and Saban. Mel Tucker couldn't make it; he got trapped in a snowstorm. Um, so, you know, one thing they were talking about, and and I was listening, it was this transfer portal and like National Signing Day being broken up into two parts now, one in December, one in early February, and the transfer portal um, affecting high school kids with all these players jumping around and and the fluctuation of scholarships, and it's just so difficult right now uh, to manage a roster, uh, keep guys focused, and – they were talking about the NIL even coming in 
and being used to pull kids to go to a certain school. I've heard of an example of, I'm not going to mention the two universities, but a guy up north telling a guy down south, I'll just put it like that, hey, if you hit the portal and come to my university, my coach said that you have a $100,000 NIL deal waiting on you. And then the next day, that kid's in the transfer portal. All right? That has to stop. Okay? There should be no tampering. And James Franklin said it last night because that's what it is, is tampering. And James Franklin said it last night when I was sitting there listening is kids are being recruited in the middle of the season to leave their school, hit the transfer portal five games in, and say, hey, I'm out. All right, this school over here, they offered me $80,000 to come play uh, NIL deal. All right, so I'm out on y'all, and I'm I'm going to go from Penn State to, let's just say, Missouri. And, mm-hmm. you know, poof. Um, and that was, you know, Sark had the same issue. He was saying, like, the recruiting side of it, man. Like, you get done in December with the season, early December, late November, whatever – and then you turn around two weeks later and national signing day is right there. Like, it's just so stressful. Like, you got to worry about the season. Like, as soon as the season ends, recruitings is like, bam. He said that he had like 25 in-home visits that he had to bunch up in between like the season's end and signing day, which is like two-week gap. Yeah, he said last night he had like 25 or 26 in-home visits that he had to bunch up in that time frame. And he said, it's absolutely just, just stressful. Uh, and so, you know, I think they need to bump it back to just one signing day in February, like they used to. Uh, or if you want to bump it up to August, you know, if you want to have two different signing days, I think you bump one up to August before football season and, uh, and do it like that. You know, the, the player signs and then their senior year, you know, that, they play and then you know they early enroll or whatever um at at the at the midpoint break right there so you know i just want to get your thoughts on you know should should teams be able to recruit with with offering the NIL money to lure a player into their program like cuz i know Saban i mean he didn't agree with it you know at all last night he he, he was like you know, he said, I pitch my case as being the best coach in history and I can get these kids to, to the NFL better than anybody. That's what I pitch. I don't pitch money. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, and that's, you know, where, where I do like the NIL, um, you know, the, the kids getting paid. But that that's a very good point with, the you know, the tampering is that's where the NIL – can come in to be a bad thing is because I, I I think we all kind of saw it, you know, with with Alabama this year with uh what, what was it Billingsley he left and went to Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was kind of like you could just tell kind of in his body language that he was done from the you know from the very beginning. It seemed like it yep. was like you know hey after this year I'm you know I'm gone you know like mm-hmm. his, just his body language and that's where. I think the NIL could very well be a problem is the mid season recruiting, like, hey man, you know, 
you know, Saban looking at, you know, Derek calling be like, hey, look, man, you went six and six, you know, come on over here, I got you eighty grand in a you know a national title game. So it's like that's where the NIL and the portal kind of it's it's a bad thing because I mean just like in professional sports, you know, tampering, you know, just even sending, you know, just say LeBron sends, you know, just say sends Kyrie a message mid season says, Hey, after this year, come, you know, come to LA. Let's team up again. He's on the it's, block list. Well, yeah, <laughs> she, but but <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like yeah. the, the well, it's a it's like a uh, if I say it's like a hundred thousand dollar pound or they get suspended or yeah. something like that. So it's like you know if if we are gonna have this nil and trying to to you know recruit these kids away from their the school that they committed to then there needs the NCAA needs to bring in a, a tampering rule that says, hey, if you if we, you know, catch you tampering with other players, you know, you lose just say you pay a hundred thousand dollar fine and you lose, you know, just say a scholarship or two. You know, do it do it like that. But even with these high school they, kids, even with these high school kids, man, like they're apparently they're saying that Texas A and M spent like some people are saying three million, some people are saying thirty million. I think the thirty million is a little extreme. I don't think it was really that much, but um, like some people are saying that they spent thirty million dollars on a recruiting class this year, and like that's ridiculous. Like I, yes. I love I love NLI or NIL. NLI. I'm 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 caught up on National Signing Day, National Letter of Intent. Uh NIL, I love it. But to lure a kid in for money and everything, I think that kind of has to stop. Like I think once they sign, then they should be able to do the do the uh name image likeness. Um and honestly, I mean it's kind of veering towards that I think it needs to go off performance base, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you're performing, great. If you're not, hey, look, you're probably not going to make as much as everybody else does that is performing. Um, and and the the problem with all this, man, is, is, like I said, it's hurting the high school kids because it's fluctuating the scholarships. Like, you know, I mean, they're hurting because these people that, you know, these schools, they can only add so many players for scholarship. And uh, I think they got they got to add some rules to, to the uh, NIL and – and they got to tighten down on it a little bit, you know. Um, I just – where do you think college football is headed? What direction? Real quick, man. Uh, if we – if they if they make a rule, if the NCAA does make a rule, like with the tampering, um, I, then I, I think, you know, I think college football will, you know, be great um, with the NIL and – you know, the, the portal and stuff like that. But if yeah, and we're, we're also talking about the NCAA. I yeah. mean, this is, you know, I don't, I don't like what they do a lot of the times, but um, if, if they decide to just let it go, say, Hey, whatever, you know, let them, let them tamper with, you know, these, these young men to try to get them to come here instead of here. Um, then I, I, I don't know if I like, where college football is headed, um, but if they if they do step in and make a rule with the tampering, then I I, I think the NIL and you know the transfer portal I think it's a, a great thing for college football. So it kind of just depends 
um, if the, uh, the NCAA wants to step in and take action on this, or if they're just going to sit back and you know let it, let it be you know, NFL free agency year round. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, we got to cap the portal too. Like, like there's got to be a deadline on the portal. Like, you shouldn't just be able to enter the portal year round. Like, like hey, I love the portal, but entering whenever you feel like it, like. Man, that's got to stop. Like, we got to come to a cap. Um, and then, you know, maybe after spring ball, it open again and all that. But just allowing these kids to just, just you know, four or five games into the season, oh, I'm out, I quit. You know, there's, there's, we got to start putting some rules uh, into the portal and into NIL, man. And, and I'm right there with you. I agree with everything you said tonight. Uh, I think it was a, a damn good episode. And, and, uh, I really enjoyed what we covered, and and I can't wait to get you back on as my co-host. You're a big part of this show, uh, and I really appreciate you for coming on, man. Appreciate it, me too, man. All right, brother. I'll uh, I'll catch you on the next one. I'll talk to you. All right, man. Everybody, that was D Lane, co-host of the Up Tempo Podcast. Really helps me out. Uh, does a great job. Huge Auburn fan. And uh, I really enjoyed this episode talking with him and, and discussing uh, college basketball and college football. A lot of big things going on. Um, and tomorrow we have a special guest uh, from the University of Southern California. We are going to get him on. Uh, it will be revealed. I think I revealed it on my Facebook page. Probably going to go to Twitter and reveal it. Um, and and just every everything that's, that's going on with this show. Uh, we don't edit anything on this show. All right, we we go straight straight from the brain, man, and and uh and we have a good time. We free flow it, and uh and that's what we love about it. And we started this up, and it was just a pipe dream, man. And and thanks to you guys for listening, tuning in. Uh, if you can go to Apple Podcasts, leave a written review, a five star review. Go to uh, Spotify, leave a five star review if you can. Whatever, man. Uh, we appreciate everything from y'all. And I will catch y'all tomorrow night. I will get it done with the University of Southern California for you guys. Peace out.